From the PSIA AASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and we're visiting tonight with national team member Chris Rogers. Chris, it's great to chat with you again. Always great to chat with you, George. Last we spoke, you were standing on Vail Mountain with uh, torches in your hand. Correct, yeah. Last we chatted was New Year's Eve with our, our torchlight parade. Always a fun, uh, fun way to start off the new year, and you know that actually feeds right into what we were talking about tonight. Exactly. <laughs> so where we're going, go ahead and introduce what we're talking about, Chris. Yeah, so uh, kind of uh, everyone, everyone's got the new new year, new you kind of meme going, and, and we thought we'd kind of jump in there. I'm, uh, I'm actually sitting here with a, with a new snowboard, putting bindings onto it, and, uh, you know, it's, that, it's kind of that first calm after the storm. We've all just been through the busiest season of, of, the, uh, of the ski and snowboard season for kind of December, January, and then we've got this little lull, right? We've got from now until presidents, a little bit over MLK weekend, and then, you know, it's really presidents where we kick off again. So what do you do with that time? So what do we want to do with that time, Chris? I mean, we we set these goals out at the beginning of the season, which we've chatted about uh, at length in the past, and then our schedules get slammed, and it's really tough to fill in uh, training and just with our, our regular lives and our busy schedule, and now is kind of the time to do something about that, right? Yeah, I mean, I think of this time of year is is, first of all, catch your breath. Uh, you know, take that downtime that you need. You know, if you talk to any fitness instructor anywhere out there, they're going to tell you that the down days are just as important as the building days. And that's, that's so true for us as well. I think it's really easy to, to, to lose sight of your passion for skiing or snowboarding when you're at the end of a 20 day streak, you have know, been working six or seven hour days every day. You've been maybe meeting your clients at night. You've had maybe a few more drinks than normal, you've eaten more food than normal. It's, it's like, you know, January or second week of January. And we finally get that time to say, you know what, I'm not going to go up on the mountain today. I'm going to take a day for myself. I'm going to sleep in a little bit. Uh, you know, maybe read that book you've been meaning to read, probably the new PSIA manual. Um, you know, you're going to meet up with some friends you haven't seen in a while. Just taking that downtime is so important, I think, George. And, and then from there, you've got that opportunity to recenter and go back to those goals you set at the beginning of the year. What, what was your goal for this year? Were you going to train for a new cert? Were you going to, you know, look at a new specialization? Um, was your goal to maybe go for some new new trick or, or something you've personally been striving for on your snowboard or your skis? But what was that goal, and, and how are you doing on it? Because it's easy to lose sight of that when we're in kind of peak frenzy mode. Um, and now that you've maybe had a day or two off and you've had that opportunity to, to take that breather. Um, maybe it's time to reset that goal. Yeah. It's funny as you were going through just all the st- the stressors that we have during the busy time traffic, uh, you know, you have wonderful snow and everybody's coming up because it's a powder day. And uh, there's just so many things we have to deal with uh, the crowded slopes and crowded roads and crowded parking lots and it is. It's just amazing when all of a sudden it's so much more quiet. Yep. You, you know, I, I love having terrorists in town. I actually said this to somebody the other day, and they're like, I wish more people had that perspective. I, I love the guests that come and spend their Christmas with us. And, and because they come and spend, you know, Christmas, holidays, New Year's, Hanukkah, all, all of those holidays right there, because they come and spend those with us, we get to live here 
in early January when it quiets down and, you know, in, in February when we get those powder days. Um, and, and so I'm really grateful for those busy times because as hectic as it can be and as much as you want to sleep in on that day where you know you've got your 20th day in a row, um, it, it, that calm after the storm uh, and the calm before the next storm, those are the reasons we live here. Those are the days we, we, we live here for. And, and so if you're not in a good place to take advantage of that, that's when you suffer burnout. And I think this is, this is the time of year to combat burnout, to take those days for yourself, to take those days to train, to work towards your goals, to remind yourself why you live where you live and why you do what you do. And, and it's so important. It's just as important as the work. And that's a tough mindset for some of us, I know for myself, because I look at this and I go, I've got five months to get this job done and do the best I can. And that five months goes by quick and I want to cram it as full as I absolutely can with work. Um, but you do need to have those rest days and we do need to work on uh, improving our teaching and our riding and skiing skills. Yeah, you know, it's funny, George, it does go really quickly. And, and I know that in the middle of the summer, I start thinking about how excited I am for, for snow to come again. But the other side of that is, I mean, compared to the average guest that maybe gets 10 days a year, we're doing, what, 100, 120, some, some people are doing 200 if they're doing back-to-back -back seasons. And, and we do have the time, you know, we have the luxury of having a day off in a ski town, whereas most people that are here are on vacation and they got to go every single day. Um, and I've definitely noticed the change from when I was just, uh, you know, growing up snowboarding and I was on the first chair and I was on the last chair and um, there was, there was nothing you could do to get me off the snow for those two or three days that I got to be on, on the mountain on the weekend versus living here now and, you know, and, and doing a hundred plus day seasons where I'm okay taking a day off and I'm okay you know, relaxing and giving my, my muscles time to recover in between um, big, long stretches of work. And, um, you know, and I, and I think it's just as important to kind of feed your passion and then to, to feed your brain, right? We're all instructors, we're all professionals, and we're all working on kind of that, that concept of lifelong learning. Like, I'm always learning new things. And whether that's in a, in a book I'm reading or in a, you know, an uh, issue of Wired magazine or in Fast Company, you know, finding things from outside of our industry and, and applying them to, to our industry uh, is something I take great pleasure in. And when we're super busy, that's when I stop looking at those outside training resources. That's when I stop creating new content and you kind of get into maintenance mode. And this is the time to get creative. This is the time to start learning. This is the time to challenge yourself and, you know, to, to reestablish those goals. If you're working towards your level two or you're working towards your level three this year, getting out with some other instructors that are that are training for those same goals as you and and kind of finding those accountability um people to train with like we talked about in some previous podcasts this this is that time to re-engage to to get excited to um kind of figure out your next steps and, and what are you going to do with this downtime between now and president's day and then with that little break between presidents and week and uh and spring break so how do we use this time most effectively to get our training in and, and really make it a positive experience for ourselves? You know, I, I think, I think it really has to be self-driven, George. And, and, you know, regardless of what resort you work at and how many hours of training is offered, there are opportunities to train. And, and I think, you know, one of the great things about our industry is the way it's been developed as, a, as certifications have been developed around what we actually do. And 
there are elements of test taking that are definitely learnable. Like knowing learning how to take the test is certainly important, but the test is evaluating your your skill as an instructor and your experience as an instructor. And I think you know what you've done over the last 20 days of work uh, during the Christmas season is build your skills and build your experience. And when you go into that exam, you can be thinking about that one lesson that you taught at, at Christmas or you know, those couple of kids that really struggled with this, but then you changed how you were teaching and they suddenly caught it. Those are the moments that the exam is designed to draw upon. And, and people that think the exam is difficult are, are often the instructors that have less experience and, and are kind of chomping at the bit to get through. And, and when you have these big busy periods and then you have the time to think about it afterwards and kind of decompress and, and put all of that into perspective of how this event and how this learning and how this teaching experience fit into what it is we do, start to decompress that, start to, um, you know, I, I know several instructors that kind of journal each of their lessons every day and they're able to look at the trends and what they were teaching and how they evolved. And now's that time to start to synthesize Now's that time to start to synthesize that and figure out what you want to do next. And, and I think, you know, if you're working at a smaller mountain where there isn't as much training availability, this is really on you. This is your time to go seek out those one or two people that you can have those conversations with, that mentor that you've spoken to that, that can help you put your experience into a lesson learning. And if you work at, a, at a, another mountain that has, plenty of training opportunity, it's time to re-engage. I, I think so often, you know, we, we don't offer training during the busy season, most resorts, um, maybe some morning training or some afternoon indoor training type opportunities. But, but I know um, at most of the resorts I've worked at, we're pretty much all hands on deck and we don't have our top trainers out there leading because they're working and we don't have people available to attend training because they're working. So um, we get out of that habit of training and, and we focus on work. And I think, you know, it's time to set your alarms that 30 minutes earlier so you can get up for a, a morning uh, chair left lap if your mountain allows that. Or it's time to, you know, look at the tra training schedule and see what is being offered this week and get yourself back in that habit of both having days off and of training uh, for whatever your goal is this year. How about you've been teaching all day? Your resort has training offered oh, the last hour, hour and a half of the day, 2.30 to 4, 3 to 4. You're tired. How do you go ahead and make that an effective training session? You know, I think that's so much up to the individual, George. If, if you know, if, if you know that you're fried, you're, you may get more out of going home that day and getting some extra sleep and getting ready for the next training session. Um, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a cup of coffee. Maybe it's a, um, just taking 15 minutes of your own downtime. I know, you know, there's a number of us on the team that are that are actually a little bit more on the introverted side. And so after a day of having given out all of your energy for the day, you need that time to, to re-energize. And that comes back to knowing yourself, knowing, knowing your learning styles, um, and being able to self-actualize those. You know, we don't necessarily expect uh, an eight-year-old child to be able to tell you, well, this is what I need for you to do for me to learn best. We draw that out of them. But for us as adult learners, we should know what our ideal learning styles are. And so, for example, for myself as a, as a doer type learner, um, if I'm already fried, going to sit in a classroom type environment probably isn't going to be the best way for me to learn. And I, I might need to take that time off um, where, and, and kind of regain some energy before I'm able to go into that environment and, and learn in my less ideal 
um, learning style. And, um, you know, that, that kind of starts getting into that ability to set your goals, ability to assess your goals, and ability to make progress towards your goals, even in uh, difficult environments. And I think a lot of what we learn to teach as instructors is to modify what we're doing based on our students' learning styles. But how often do we go and modify what we're trying to learn based on our own learning styles? And, you know, we, we're really good at teaching to others, but how often do we take the time to make sure we're being taught to in the way that we need you know, Chris, this is so funny. I mean, I love training if I'm leading it or if I'm uh, taking part in it. I absolutely love training. I think it's one of the high points of our job. And uh, today I'd been out at 730. I was greeting guests, taught for five hours, was signing out, had a lot of people I was talking to, uh, had a couple of skiers I was going to meet. We were all going to go train together and uh, ended up going to the locker room, dropping off my jacket bumped into someone else in there, was talking with them, walked back out to the lift, got on my skis, went to get on the chair and realized I had left my pass in my jacket. And that was kind of my last straw. I just went, I'm not going. And I feel really guilty about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I think George, that, that kind of reminds me on the safety side, uh, it's been called like lemon theory. It, it, you know, you get three lemons, it's time to call it a day. Um, you, uh, maybe you're, you're headed out to the backcountry and, uh, and you realize you forgot your poles one thing. All right. Well, you still got your skins, you still got your seeds, you're going, uh, then you realize the batteries are dead in your, in your, uh, avalanche beacon. And, and you think, well, I, I can get some fresh batteries, but man, that's a bummer. And then you start moving and you realize your, your right knee is a little bit sore and, and you just, uh, you know, you're maybe not skinning quite, quite as well. And there's been that, um, kind of, uh, that theory put out there, the lemon theory. And if you've got three of those things adding up, that's the time to call it a day and, you know, and, and go back and reset and go for another day. And I think there's kind of an emotional equivalent of that when you've got, you know, a, maybe a tougher lesson and, and you're just feeling cooked at the end of the day. And then you end up kind of running into uh, to some people in the locker room, you end up talking, you give out a little bit more of your energy. And then, you know, you have that one other thing you're supposed to do and, and you start kind of, it, even, even extroverts, like eventually, you know, you can run out of energy. You just don't have the time to, to recharge the ability to recharge and um and it's important to take that take those signs and say you know what what i need today is to take care of myself and and after i take care of myself then i can go out and train and then i can go out and uh and support others and you know just like the the airline warning when you're uh, when you're going through the safety message at the beginning of the day to take care of yourself and you know put your oxygen mask on before you help somebody else um, sometimes that's what we need this time of year you're you're cooked it's not just today it's that cumulative fatigue of days and days and days of giving out your energy to your guests and um, both both emotional and mental and physical fatigue. Those are all real things and they do add up. Anything you want to say in summary? No, you know, I, I've got my, my snowboard all set up now. I'm going to be leading a level three preview here at Vail the next three days for PSIA Rocky Mountain. And, you know, and I think uh, I'll, I'll be sliding with a bunch of instructors who are just coming out of their busy season and, and going into training mode and getting ready for their level three exam. And that's, that's always a fun time. I, I like seeing people, you know, coming out with all these fresh experiences and, and the, the clinics that we do right after the busy times are always some of the best clinics because people have fresh anecdotes and fresh stories of, of clients they've worked with. And, um, you know, I'm, uh, I think I'm not the only one that kind of looks at this after Christmas period to get out some new gear and, and slide around on some new equipment. That's always a, a little bit of a recharge. I've got a, a brand new, uh, Burton custom X, 
158 that I've been kind of eyeing, taking out all all week, and looking forward to uh, to getting it out on snow. And and for me, that's one of the ways I kind of unwind after the busy times is to take out some new gear and, and make some turns and and feel out something different. So I'm excited about that. Excited to, to lead some clinics these next few days, and it's always fun talking to you, George. Chris, it's always great visiting with you as well. National team member Chris Rogers joining us on First Chair. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat, Chris. No worries. From the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.